I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello once again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, schoolownertalk.com. Ali, great to be with you again, sir. Yeah, great to be with you as well. I know it's kind of weird. It's a Monday. I'm like, usually this is midweek for me, and I'm I feel like I'm ahead of the schedule. I don't, you know, I'm totally thrown off. Yeah, no, I apologize. I got to switch it up on you. I've got uh, that's okay. A lucrative uh, opportunity at a school. So uh, next four weeks, I'll be teaching PE at a school and 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 getting paid good money to do it. So. Yeah, yeah, listen, you got to do what you got to do. I get it. I, I'm a little bit different. Like I, I schedule everything around the things that I have scheduled. And then I, to my own demise at times, I don't take on opportunities because I'm like, I got to do my podcast with Dwayne or, or Gus, you know, and then other people are like, yeah, but you could come in and do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll, I'll just do it another day, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes it's not the greatest thing to do, but uh, that's what happens with me. And I'm a creature of habit. Well, I appreciate your flexibility, man. No, nah, it's not just that. I mean, I we've been doing this a very long time. So, you know, episode, what are we up to? Three, 369. Three, yep, 369. Amazing, right? So, I mean, we're talking like if we did it, let's say 40-something, five weeks a year, right? We've been doing this for what, five plus years? Yeah. Or more, right? It's crazy. Probably yeah. we, we could say the longest martial art podcast ever in the history. Uh, yeah, maybe the martial, yeah, longest martial arts business podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, longest running. That's amazing. I, 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 at least to my knowledge, unless there's somebody else out there. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have more episodes than us now, just because we we, we don't do it every week, but we do it almost every week. And right. there's some weeks that we, like, obviously, when I close and I take a time off, I don't do it. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah me neither. We, you know, we, we teach that to our followers that it's important to just take that time and get downtime. In fact, like today is just, you know, just an open kind of dialogue, right? On no specific, one specific topic. So we may bounce around. So if anyone is actually uh, popping on and you have something that you'd like to ask us, um, don't hesitate to do so because we could jump on that and answer the question and so on. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's kind of cool when you and I just chat. We were doing this uh, before we started the call. We just chat about certain things and, you know, what's going on in your life and what's going on in my life and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I just got back. Like we went, uh, we went to California left on Thursday last week and then flew back last night. And, uh, we got back into Chicago midway at like 1205 AM. And by the time I got home, unpacked, put everything away, I was in bed by two 30 and then I was back right. up at six. So, I know it's hard. I, I mean, and by the way, isn't that, isn't that what we, you know, we do that all the time in our lives. Like our, our, if you're a good and a successful school owner, a successful school owner, you're constantly busy because there's so many things that you could be doing. And when your list, your, your things to do list is done, you could just start a new one and add on another 25 things. Right. And I find that to be, I mean, I, I, I do that every day with my, my Franklin Covey planner and I write out my things to do. I handwrite it. Everyone's like, oh, you're still handwriting it. But I, I found that when I did it digitally, I would not be as effective as I was with writing it down, following it, checking it off. And I like that connection to the pen and the paper versus the digital stuff. And um, I, I do a list of things to do every day. And I have certain things I do every day, similar to what my old DNA was. And, yep. um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the daily necessary activities and, um, you know, I, I'm able to get a lot done. Well, when you write it down, it actually helps you to remember it better. So right. I mean, that, that's just, that's just proven. Especially my wife, notes, right? Yeah. My wife does a, a written calendar and, and, and I've switched more to digital, but there are things that I forget. Uh, hmm. and I'm just, I, I try to find ways to be able to remember it. i not to get in a long thing, but uh, my um, head instructor, Mr. Bean, started using a free program called Notion. Mm -hmm. And so um, he kind of taught me how to do it. And then I've watched some programs and stuff. But I actually have a, uh, 
Uh, you probably can't even see it, but on my mobile device, there's a there's a like a, a shortcut on my mm -hmm. iPhone, right? You can see. Yeah, kind of clearly. Tilt it a little bit to your right. Yeah, and go up a little high. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, we could see that for those that are watching. See where, see where it says mobile caps, mobile capture. Mm -hmm. So if there's an idea, a thought, uh, a, a a task that I want to do, or what, I'll just I'll put it in there. Yeah. Then it's in there, and then obviously I have time scheduled. Then now to go. Okay, there's that thought, that task. Assign it to the, uh, an appropriate spot. So right, I, right. I have been doing better. Uh, about those type of things, even though I switched to more digital. But the funny thing is with my wife being analog, if you will, and me being digital, I, I always have to wait and go, hey, can I see your big calendar? Because she she carries the yeah. the full the full calendar, yeah. you know, with her. And does she do the Covey, the Covey system or? No, 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 no. I'm talking about, you know, the regular calendar. calendar. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have the Covey system. That's my Covey system. And it's like a three ring or a five ring binder. And uh, you could buy the one that fits your needs the, the most, like how it's laid out. And I also even have the year at a glance. I hadn't used them in a while. Well, look at, I pulled this out. And this, oh, is wow. my, this is my year at a glance. So I'm able to like show like what I have on my schedule all the way through the year, you know, doctor's appointments, you know, parents night outs, you know, um, going away to teach, whatever it may be, I have it on that. And it kind of gives me, I, I like the year at a glance. And I, I started using that when my daughter was little and I had just gotten separated from her mom. Uh, we had to divide up our times, you know, like, so my daughter would be with, I, we had shared 50% custody. So this week she's with me, this week she's with her mom and this week, you know, we switch. And so that calendar was like my lifeblood. So I got really, I got an atomic habit of using that calendar, right? Yes. Really, really knowing what I needed to do. And I lived by it. I, I'm bad that way though, Joanne, like I'll forget, like my daughter will say, when are you going to Florida? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I have to go look at my calendar. Like I can't remember. I, I just don't remember. And I per my mind either is getting bad or I just purge it all. Well, you don't have to remember because you have it written down. I'll exactly. have, I'll have, uh, 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 client or not clients, uh, clients, students, yeah. parents, they'll say, Hey, what's going on? You know, like this date, this whatever. And I go, yeah, yeah I don't know. We'll have to look at the schedule. Yeah. They just kind of look at me like, you don't know. And I'm like, no, that's why it's written down. Exactly. And I do agree with you. I do purge because it's written down. Like, you know, it's like things that get in your mind. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have the worst time sleeping at night. And uh, I wake up like three in the morning. I'm up for an hour. I'm reading. I'm doing stuff just to try to get my mind calmed down. And I, I have these thoughts that are just absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous because they're not real. But like I'm worried about, like, for example, I, I read somewhere that the Florida weather was really cold. So I'm, yes. we have a house down in Florida. So now all night I'm kept up by maybe the pipes freezing down in Florida. Right? It's just a worry because in our area, the temperatures didn't get down lower than 55. So I, I, but I'm up and I can't sleep. And it was my, so I used to have, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld. Do you ever watch the TV show Seinfeld? I mean, there was a scene where he writes, he's asleep. He wakes up, he writes a joke down. He's laughing in his sleep and he wakes up the next day and he's got this joke and it's gibberish on the page. And he's trying to get everyone he knows to try to make sense of it. Cause he goes, it's the funniest joke. I, it, it should be perfect. Right. And I used to write things down on a pad and paper and I do the same thing. It would be gibberish. Like, it would be like running off the page. It would be, you know, like a whole bunch of words slinged together that made no sense in structure whatsoever. It was crazy. So then I started recording in a little handheld recording device. Now we could do that on our cell phones. Yeah. So well, there's no. Yeah. Well, there's no wonder why uh, we have some stress and anxiety, or we forget things, or we worry about stuff. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. So this is a diagram from uh, our martial arts business manifesto that we did gosh, mm -hmm. uh, 2015 because you can see it down there. Yeah. Uh, well, you yeah. probably can't see it, because, but anyways, back. But that's you. Right. That's you in the center. And then we have, you know, the, the outside of that is, you know, the instructional, the marketing, the legal and compliance, the financing, the clerical 
And then mm-hmm. each one of those categories have their own subcategories. Right. And from those, right, there are subcategories to, to that. So there's mm-hmm. no, no wonder uh, it's not just, I mean, unless you're not trying to run this like a business, it's not yeah, just sure. um, getting on the floor and teaching uh, at all. And sadly, though, I, I mean, I, I think, though, we all got into the business because we wanted to teach. And, and we actually I can't I can't say we got into the business. We got into teaching. Right. Because we didn't. Re- I, I know for me at that time in my life, I only wanted a school so that I had people to train with on the days that I couldn't make it into the city to train with my teacher. I wanted partners and people I could work with and beat up and they could beat me up and so on and so forth. I never at all ever considered it to become a business until all of a sudden I started saying, Hey, I really love this and I'm making decent money. I could do even better if I dive in. And then that's when I sold my other business, a landscape construction company and started full-time as a martial artist. But I, I, in people's defense, I don't think they look at it as a business. And I didn't either. Like even when I had it, I, I treated it totally different than I treated my actual business. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that comment? Who wrote that, wrote that comment? He goes, I'm reading, uh, yes. Uh, Eat the frog by Brian Tracy. Right. That's, that's Sifu, uh, C, uh, Sifu Rick Kellerman. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I recommended that book to him. Uh, you recommended it to me, I think. I'm pretty sure I did, but yeah, yeah. it's a phenomenal book. It is. And it's a small book, right? It's not yeah. too thick. Oh yeah. But I'm right now I'm uh, listening again, probably for the 40th time, the audio on um, Brian Tracy's uh, psychology of selling. Mm. And he's got an abridged version. So he's added to it. You could tell where he pops in and his voice is a little bit different. And he's added to it to make it more modernized on on approaches of what things we deal with now that we didn't deal with then, like email and text messaging and, and stuff that was not around back in the day. Yeah, no. Yeah, that that that's a good one. I probably need to revisit that one. <laughs> yeah, get the audio. It's be- it's better. It's 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 phenomenal. But yeah, Brian Tracy. So you know what I love? I I I was a big fan of his forever. I got one time through an organization I was in. I got to go to dinner. He was the keynote speaker at the dinner, and then I got to sit at the table with him. The lady knew that I was a huge fan, so she put me right next to him at the dinner table, and we chatted. I didn't know Brian Tracy was like a secondary black belt in um, karate. So he liked talking to me and sadly for everyone else, it was just him and I talking about martial arts, but (laughs) I had asked him one question. I said, you know, what is the best way to sell the martial arts? And he said to me, clearly, he said, it's about painting a visual picture in people's minds of what they're doing now and what they'll look like in the future. He said, if you could do that well, everyone will sign up in your school. You know, so that was a pretty cool, uh, you know, tip from him for me. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, okay. So how long ago was that? Oh God, probably 15 years. Yeah. So that's still, I would say ahead of a lot of other schools understanding that it's not just kicking and punching. Right. Right. But remember we, we had just said before you said, you know, we got into the business. So it's like, do people really know what business they're in and what, what they're doing to make it a business, like, you know, to, or to make it the business systems work for the martial arts. I mean, I think that to some, they have very conflicted kind of uh, ideas about the martial arts, you know, this because you shouldn't sell, you shouldn't be commercial. If you do, you're a McDojo and, you know, all this other stuff and, and so on. So I think that people are very caught in being successful. I don't even want to say commercial, successful. They're afraid that success means they're selling out. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I I agree with that. I don't know if if that's as big of a problem. Maybe I was going to say I don't know if that's as big of a problem as as I think it used to be, but maybe it is. Um, it probably still is. I guess oh, maybe it, it, it is. Okay. It, it is. I mean, maybe I've evolved and I just don't look at it that way anymore. Yeah. You don't probably, you're also not in those forums of the people that think that way. And there are, you know, pages and pages on Facebook about, you know, that type of mindset, traditional, like you're not real. If you, if you do this and you're a fake and you're a sellout, if you, and they, they have these traditional values, but what they don't realize is that they're, they're still teaching commercially. 
you know, they, they think that they're not because, and by the way, their main excuse is I'm not successful because sure. You know, that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Or that, that wouldn't work in my area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, but it's interesting. I mean, so, so in your week, Dwayne, I mean, today's Monday and in my week and your week, like, what do you, how do you set up your week? And like, what are you thinking of on when Sunday, maybe night or, Monday, like when do you start formulating what you're going to be doing over the next few days? And, you know, are you writing lists of things that you, uh, that you want to accomplish or do you have running lists and you're delegating them? Like what, what's some of the things that you do? Um, yeah, I would say most of that started last week before last week ended on Mm -hmm. what was going to happen this week. And quite frankly, this is an odd week for me anyways, just because I was gone, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, and just got back home at like I said, 12 in the morning and right. you know, that type of thing. So uh, that that had to happen in order to be ready for this week. But I would say, uh, geez, we have, our business is, I want to say simple. Our business is predictable. Mm-hmm. There's complexities to it, but it's predictable. Right. And, you know, I would, every day can look different if you Mm -hmm. allow it to look different where you let the circumstances dictate what you need or supposed to do. But if you decide that you're going to, you know, carve out time to do certain things and carve out other times to do other things, you know, time block, basically. Right. That's, that's how I get things done. Yeah. like time block. Um, Now with the school program starting up, uh, it's going to, I don't want to say mess up, but it's going to alter what I normally do on Tuesdays. Uh, cause usually Tuesday, like eight o'clock in the morning until noon, that four hour period, that's my project and, uh, time or process time, depending on what I have going on. So meaning if I have projects that I need to get done, like the newsletter or, you know, the next event, um, whatever it is, you know, marketing X, Y, and Z, uh, those things get done usually on Tuesday and Thursday mornings from eight to noon. Mm-hmm. I would say the the biggest thing is if you can find a, just find a system that works for you. Uh, the biggest system uh, uh, that, that I think we all need to do is, and we've, especially if you're uh, doing this full time is show up to work uh, on time. And right. so, what I mean by that is now, I mean, I used to have an office at the studio. Now I've gotten rid of that. My office is at my house. Um, I used to show up when I had an office at the studio, I would show up there um, at like eight thirty or nine o'clock in the morning. And then that's when, you know, unless there was a morning class, of course I'd be there earlier, but I would show up there and I'd start work. Um, now I come into my home office eight o'clock every single morning, uh, like clockwork, unless again, like tomorrow, that's not going to be the case because I'll be at a at a at a school. Uh, same thing on Wednesday, I'll be at that same school. But normally, it would be I, I get in here at eight o'clock and I start my uh, I start my day. So I think the most successful thing you can do is start your start your day on time. To right. be quite honest with you, and then we all have different tasks and things that we got to get done. We just got to prioritize them and decide you know what's the most important fit those in and then kind of go from there. I know you, maybe you were looking for specifics, but I, I, no, not really. I mean, I think that's a great point. I think that (laughs) a lot of times when I'm working with uh, clients, coach, coaching clients for that are school owners, their biggest problem is, is that they don't set out their day and their week and their half month and their month, you know, ahead of time. So they're constantly, you know, being, in the, the, what we used to say, caught in the thick of things, they're in the in the, on the hamster wheel. And I started hearing a lot of people using that saying recently. I wonder if it's because of us, but the hamster wheel, they're in it. They're running, running, running until they get off, go home, eat dinner, go to sleep, and the next day repeat the process. So I think by setting those things out ahead of time, it's quite easy to just get right on target and get it done. And it's you don't realize like when you have a list, how quickly you can just attempt attack that list and check it off and be done with it versus having to think of what to do, figure out how to do it. And then eventually getting around to it, which is, which is a a tough one. 
So we have a few good comments. Uh, Sensei uh, Bodansky, uh, Bogdansky, my good friend, he wrote, if you get paid, you're a professional teacher. A person that can't make a living at it is just not a good teacher. Right. And I agree with that. Like people will use that as an excuse. It's, you know, it's not my fault. It's, you know, because you got, you're a sellout. That's why, you know, even in ninjutsu for the longest time, a lot of people looked at me and said, oh, he must be a sellout. How can he have all these studios and all these students? He must have sold the art out. And now a lot of people come to me because they want to know how I did it without selling out. And then another comment was from Sifu Kellerman again. He wrote, what time do you both start your day? Give us a snapshot to quote Shian Ali of your day. I always tell him when we do coaching, give me a two minute snapshot. So what do you, when do you start Dwayne? Yeah. Eight o'clock. I okay. mean, I get up at, I usually get up at six um, unless I woke up before my alarm, you know, but otherwise my alarm is set for six o'clock. Um, I'm pretty regular. So that's one of the first things I do in the morning. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, and quite honestly, I'm actually on my phone. I get, I get some, uh, work done on my phone while I'm, you know, doing some paperwork. <laughs> and, so, uh, and then I get my wife's meal. Uh, I get her, uh, her lunch ready to go. I get her coffee ready to go. I get, nice. uh, you know, my breakfast and, and then, by the time she's leaving, it's like 7.30 in the morning. I'm sitting down. I'm eating my breakfast. I'm watching a little bit of news. Uh, and then 8 o'clock, because my family room is right here, you know, come 8 o'clock, I come into my office and uh, start my work. That's outstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little lazier than you. I'm not a really – I don't really like early mornings. So I when I say early mornings, I'm talking like – you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. There was a period of time where I would go work out at the gym and I'd meet my training partners at like 5.30. I was I was miserable. You're up later than me, though, usually. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I definitely could stay up. And if I, I sometimes fall asleep on the couch, my daughter and I are watching TV because my wife goes to bed early. She goes to bed around 9.30, 10 o'clock because she's up at like 6 o'clock. Um, and I... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be falling asleep on the couch watching a TV show. My daughter used to wake me up and then I got annoyed at her. Now she just says nicely, Hey dad, you want me to shut it off? And then you could go to sleep. And the sad part is I'll, I'll go. Yeah. And I'll walk in the bedroom and I hit my head on the pillow and I'm wide awake, wide awake. Like I can't sleep. She's like, I don't know how that happens to you, but yeah, I'll get up around probably around seven thirty eight ish around there, seven 30. I'll, I'll lay in bed for a few. I, I train, I do my Duolingo Japanese lesson and then I will, I'll, I'll answer emails that came in overnight and text messages that came in overnight from bed, have my coffee made. I don't drink coffee. I drink rice that, that new mushroom based coffee kind of thing. And, um, haven't had coffee in probably like a good nine, 10 months. I feel so much different once I, got that caffeine other than tea out of my system. But, um, and then, then I get up and like you said, I walk out of my bedroom right into my office and I'm all set to start my daily act activities for my school. Yeah. And I, and then the activities for your school are, are the same every day, but mm -hmm. also different every day, depending right. on what's yeah. happening. Right. Yeah. I kind of got it down and just like you, to a routine where I kind of get everything done that needs to be done to keep growing and moving forward. Uh, I, I kind of could just do it naturally and I know what needs to be done. But a big focus of my daily activity is my day to day is like making sure that my clients, if, if they're expiring, that they're renewing, making sure that I'm answering questions for people who have issues or questions on whatever it may be, um, updating my app, making sure that that has all the updated information, the new month's calendar, reminding people of what the schedule is like. And then I do a lot of sales from home, from, from the computer via text messaging. So I'll, uh, I'll have 20 new white belts that maybe got promoted that month. And I'll reach out to every one of them and say, now you, you're allowed to get your sparring gear. If you'd like, I could place the order. Tell me what color, blue, red, black, silver, or white, you know, okay, great. I'll, I'll sell, you know, 10 sets, 12 sets of sparring gear, just like that. Not leaving my office, sitting here like I'm doing with you right now. Yeah. And, and Spark, uh, which is the software that we use, has made that very convenient and nice oh, for yeah. us to be able to do. Do you know I've been with Spark? And I think you have too, because you came on a little bit after me, but it's been like five years. I was just looking at my numbers. I started... 
I started somewhere around mid-year of 2019, or maybe before that. Let me wait, wait, before 2018. June of 2018 is when I started putting people into my Spark software. So yeah, I've been working uh, for a long time. Yeah, I don't know when I did, but it was shortly after that. I and it may have, it may have even been January of of 19 but it was yeah. definitely before covid because obviously you know spark was amazing and shifting to uh, oh, yeah. the, the whole virtual thing for us oh my god absolutely that really like everything about spark has been a positive you know there's some glitches here and there very minimal and if there are they're fixed really quickly um for you and i it both it basically i know for me it basically made me at the time i had multiple schools uh two two schools um and i was able to manage from afar like i could talk to all of my clientele on both locations right from where i'm sitting right now i could do the renewals i could do the sales i could answer questions i could find out where people are send out text messages we miss yous, you know motivational new student motivational set up all these funnels so it really made our lives so much easier and thanks to ron sell and chung park for that because it was a it was a shift in the industry how the industry is right right being run oh definitely and for both of us it saved us a ton of money oh yeah from what we were using before i mean i had five different products i think yeah uh, five or six different products that i was using that you know all together i was probably paying 650 bucks yeah i think everything. maybe even more because just entreport alone was like 300 dollars when we were doing that yeah right and then i had an i had a time sheet that i used to pay for a digital time clock for people to sign in and out on that was another hundred bucks and all these other things and you know everything else text messaging separately a service that did my text messaging and so and then i was trying to integrate them all or remember what i sent and spark just made that seamless so yeah that's a was a big one but yeah i, I definitely recommend it to whoever has not tried it yet or is not using it um it's definitely a great software so so what about Dwayne? What what when do you set time aside to innovate, grow, change, build? Like when do you have a special time for that? Because I know you used to go away. Uh, I don't know if it's when you were single or even way back when, where you go away to a hotel for a weekend only by yourself and just ra rest and brainstorm and write things down. And do you do you do that now or still or? No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. <clears throat> I mean, I have Fridays are my down day, if you will, Okay. Um, where I can just, I don't want to say do what I want, but almost always do what I want Yeah. Um, with regards to, with regards to that. So like I showed you before on my phone, if I come up with an idea, I can put that in that mobile capture and then I can, you know, set it to a different date to process it. Um, and then, you know, start to think about it. So like, for instance, remember when we interviewed, uh, Stephen Hayes? Yeah. So one thing that he was talking about was the private lesson type things that he has shifted into because he's, you know, not, doesn't have a school anymore. Right. <clears throat> he just does all private lessons. And that was like, one thing was like, oh, that's, that's a pretty neat idea. Um, so I put that in, in the mobile capture and that's just been sitting there and it's, it's processed, but it's processed in a way it's a future idea. Right. But that was just, you know, so I bring that up because there's other ones that, you know, are, are, are future ideas. And then I'll go through my future idea list. And then if I want to go, Oh yeah, I want to work on that. Or yes, now's the time I can, you know, that's when I will do those things. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I like that too. Like, you know, taking that time aside, but I, I find that I have certain times that I have certain energy for, for that kind of stuff, my creative times. And, um, I'm like that all the time. Like I just like my wife lately, she's been coming up with some great ideas. Like I did a wall. Uh, I, I was inspired by, uh, Sean John Gaston. Um, with all these really positive words on it going up vertically sideways all over. So I did a wall with, with like a, a like a canvas, big four foot by four foot canvas painted type looking uh, thing. And I said to my wife, check this out. She goes, oh, wow, that's that's what that is. And I go, what? She goes, that's a wall of words. Wow. 
right? Like, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And just last night she said something else. We were watching a TV show and she came up with another thing. And I'm like, I don't remember it right now, but I'm like, that's great. Like you're coming up with a lot of good analogies or memes or whatever acronyms, you know, um, lately. So, I mean, there's certain times where just creativity just flows. Well, and it it also depends on what's happening in your life. You know, if Mm -hmm. there are stressful things that are going on in your life, you're not going to be as creative at those times as you can be at at other times. So, I mean, that's just, and, and, and when I say your life, I don't mean just your school, like the life inside your student. I mean, your personal life as well. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It all blends together. Doesn't it? It's just like, all like no matter what, if you're having a hard personal life, like your family life is bad or things are bad or something, someone's sick or it's going to spill over into your everyday life. And that's why I say that, School owners are way more successful when they're full-time school owners rather than coming from a job that they hate, coming to a school that they love and bringing all those stresses with them. It's better if they could just focus on their love, their why, right, rather than something else. Well, I, I, I remember when like the shift before I went all in and, you know, I was working 40 hours a week and then I dropped to 23 hours a week. And then from there, I was still like afraid. So I didn't want to lose the opportunity to go back to full time. So then I dropped right. to 24 hours a week mm-hmm. and I had uh, my chiropractor at the time. He just said to me, you know, Dwayne, you just got to jump and the net will appear. Like you got to right. put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And as soon as you do, he said, you'll never have to look back. Um, and so I, I actually did it. Like, you know, I listened to him yeah. uh, and that made all the difference. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I remember that too. Isn't it weird though? Like, because in your mind you you think I'm do only doing 23 hours a week at whatever job, right? I could still work a full time and put in, you know, 50 hours into my other job, but it just doesn't, the minute you're just free of that, that one anchor, that, that second job that you can't stand or you're not loving, and you go into your dojo full time, it, it just totally frees you up for everything. And it was without, I can't explain it, but my dojo was doing really well. And then when I did that, it really exploded. Well, and, I, and it wasn't that I was putting in more time, much more time. You, you, uh, people will tell you that you can, that they can multitask, but yeah. um, you, you can't. Mm-hmm you really can't give a hundred percent to two things at once. Right. Now, the caveat to that is, I mean, I can hold two thoughts in my head at the same time, but one will, cause okay. You can love and hate somebody all, both at the same time. Right. Right. But one is going to supersede the other. Mm-hmm. It, one is going to take hold over the other. Right. So yes, I can hold two thoughts in my mind at the same time, but as soon as I get rid of one and I totally focus on the other one, then all of my energy, my time, my attention, like everything goes to that and I can be right. more successful in that. And so, you know, with your school, like that's why I love time blocking. Yeah. You know, and look, I have to discipline myself where you know, the, the notification goes off because my phone and my watch are connected. And then the notification, somebody texts me and then it comes up on my watch and, you know, I'm, I'm in working on a Tuesday, you know, between eight and noon on a project or whatever. And and maybe that it's not going to take the full four hours, but what do I do? I look to see what happened, you know, who texted me, what was that notification on the phone? What did that do? That shifted my focus. Right. And when I've been the most productive is when I've put the do not disturb on my phone. Okay. And no notifications are popping up. Right. And I can, I can give 100% attention to whatever it is that I'm working on, but that's really difficult to do sometimes. Well, you do it great because I mean, I like, I, I'll text you and I won't hear from you for like a day and then, or half a day. I am like literally attached to my phone. Like people will text me and boom, I'll respond or email me and I'll respond. I'm definitely addicted to that cell phone. Like I'll be sitting on my couch. I place my phone down and then uh, I 
find myself just addictedly reaching over and grabbing the phone and just holding it and going, why did I do that? Like, I'm just looking for something new that appeared. So it's not, and my daughter's the same way. My wife is getting, getting worse as she goes. Cause I do it. She does it. Um, but, uh, it is, you're kind of hinged or connected to that device and it's not a great way to live, you know, because you're stuck on it. So I do, uh, give you credit for being able to block out your time. This is a section. And by the way, uh, this maybe explain that a little, like you'll do, uh, certain times of the day, certain days a week to email and respond or text and da da da. And you get it done like that without being like me forced into it. Yeah. So uh, part of my routine in the morning is obviously I show up to work at eight o'clock in my office. Um, I will go through and go uh, like, I have my, my email segmented. And so in, uh, in Google, there's four different segments that I have. Mm-hmm. inside of there and i will check the the important one first right and go through that um and uh then i have a, a a like a promotional one and then there's an like a general one and then i have my uh i got another one that's set up just for my health clients so that okay. you know so i'll i'll systematically go through those and accomplish whatever i need to accomplish sometimes i can do everything in 15 minutes sometimes it's a half an hour um you know usually it's about 15 minutes that I can run through that. And then I don't check my email again until uh, one o'clock or one 30, depending on the day uh, in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. that's why like you've sent me emails and you're like, Hey, look, I emailed you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, have, I haven't checked my email yet. Like, yeah. you know, and so I only do that two times a day. Wow. Um, and you knowing me now, you understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could see that being a uh, hindrance to to the business if if that was the case. But I if I was now, I do I check our studio email if if I was in charge of that mm-hmm. rather than my program director or my um, uh, head instructor because they check those. So like Mr. Bean was in this morning. He, we had a morning class, but he was on the computer went through all the emails, responded to everybody that needed to be responded to. He'll be back at one o'clock today. He'll do that again. And then my program director will be, be in. Now on Tuesday, he's not in until one o'clock. So I will look at the emails for the studio in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, then it's not going to get checked until one o'clock. Right. You know, and then obviously throughout the night, it'll keep constantly being checked because the program director will be there. Um, right. But I, I think it's important for even our clients to know that, yeah, we're going to respond, but generally these are the hours that we respond within. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I do that is because I don't want my staff members to feel like they're attached or have to be attached. Right. But I also don't want the clients, if they get used to, this is my thought process, if they get used to us responding uh, on Saturday afternoon at you know 4 30 p.m right. uh when we're not even there mm-hmm. then they're expecting that all the time and so then when we don't they're a little perturbed you know what i'm saying yeah let me but ask again, you a question though just to play devil's advocate do you think that this that's a bad thing for them to see that as like wow whenever i need him he's available or <laughs> I get, he'll they'll respond like let me just ask him a quick question um, do you feel that that's bad if they get used to that type of ultimate level of service or quick no. response? Like, or do you, you think that maybe you're overtraining it and people are going to, like you said, they're going to take I advantage think, of it? I think it's personal. It's just how you want to run your school. Right. You know, I don't think it's bad. Right. Um, but I also, I personally do not want my clients to, to, to think that, you know, when we're closed, that we're going to be able to respond because if you think about it back in, back in the day, you know, they called and left us a message. The phone wasn't forwarded. It was at the studio. You had to listen to the answering machine. Right. And then get back with them on Monday when you actually were in, in there. Yeah. Now I know things have changed and, and, but I also think having boundaries of hours of operation is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's funny. I I have um, 
I don't know if it's the greatest thing, but I even have my cell phone attached to our tournament circuit. So on the website, it says call or text. And and I have my personal cell um, that so that people I just got a call this morning. I'm like, hello. And they said, is this the martial art class classes? And I'm like, classes? Uh, yes. For what? What school? You know, but then they were like, no, the classic martial art classic. That's our tournament that's coming up. I'm like, oh, OK, how can I help you? And they have questions about enrolling in our tournament. And I answered her questions. It was nice to speak with her. And uh, within two seconds, I see the application come through and she signed up three people uh, for our tournament. So it's like, you know, 300 and something dollar charge that she did because I was there to answer her questions like right away. So I, I it is a little bit of work sometimes extra because now I'm picking up my phone. And like the other day, I was sitting on the couch and someone had questions on joining my school. And I, I picked up, I'm like, hello, it was like 930 at night on Saturday. Right. So I'm like, hello. They're like, hi, I'm calling about classes. I'm like, well, they, I didn't expect you to be there. I'm going, but you called my cell phone. Right. Obviously. Right. But, um, you know, I, I make myself available, but I do understand. I like your way. I do like your way better. I, I am not opposed to your way. You probably make more connections and maybe even get more sales uh, up front than I do. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like there's a, there's, there's a, there is something to be said about that. I mean, that's why like <clears throat> there, what is it in the industry? People are talking that with, when somebody opts in within the first five minutes, if they're not making an appointment, you need to be on the phone with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that that's true even outside of our industry, but I'm just saying inside of our industry, that's what the, that's yeah. what it is. You know, that's why, you, you know, so there's some services like even spark, has a sister service. Um, right. I forget what it's called, but they do that where they, yeah. they're on the phone calling uh, to, to get that appointment. It is frustrating though, in our industry, in every, in the business world, everywhere that businesses run nowadays, they're moving away from personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, contact. So like, if you have a question on your whatever bill that you owe money on and something looks wrong, you can't call someone and speak to someone. You have to go to a message forum or a chat room. And then you, they, you know, you put in your question and then they send you 27 links to all different forums where you could read. And I'm like, I don't want to spend two hours researching. I just want a right. quick answer to the damn question. Like I hate it. Like even we had um, a problem with a, a flight that we had some credits on air flight it was like so hard to find an actual number. Like you have to go on Google and go, is there a secret number that you could call that you could talk to a live person? And someone inevitably put that number up. So I, I found it and we called, but we looked all over for like a good 40 minutes researching how to get our stuff back, you know, our information. How do we get our credit? Um, turns out that our credit expired. We didn't know there was an expiration on it. So we lost, you know, like $600 in flights because we didn't use oh, it soon. And, uh, and we flew that plane, that airline a few times prior, but we said, oh, we'll just hold the credit for the winter. We didn't know it expired. Now we lost it. But that's all. The personal service is gone. You know, here's another thing. I don't know if you know this or if you've experienced this, but using Spark, we're able to send out a mass text, right? We send it out to our entire group. Let's say we're we're doing an event or we're selling these t-shirts or whatever. Um, but people won't respond to the texting. A lot of the people won't respond back to our text message because they believe it's a group text. Yeah. So I started now sending out actual text messages saying, this is not a group text. The minute, even if it was a group text, you could respond and it's between you and I, not everyone is going to see, they think that everyone's going to see their response. And uh, so they don't answer. A lot of people stay away from that, thinking that it's just like a you know message board. Right. So I have to start, and I'm still working on training our people to know that even if they ask a dumb question, it's just between the two of us. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like the whole world's not going to know it. Well, and that you know, to me, that is okay, uh, and I'm sure you do it, but that's a that's that's an onboarding thing where we're, you know, absolutely. And we only put that in our onboarding process because you had brought it up. I yeah. never thought of it. And, yeah. and so we talk about that through text messages and put push notifications through our app because of right. Sparks app. We all push notifications. Yeah. So even if it's a general statement to everybody, it's still right. a personal conversation. Yeah. They respond. It's personal between the two of us. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, that's in, it's important. And I never realized people were doing that. So they were, I would send them text after text after text and they'd ignore me and I would be getting pissed. And by the way, here's another thing too. And it doesn't matter whether it's Spark or other services. Sometimes certain cell phone companies will block text messages coming in as spam. The, comp the phone company decides on whether they feel that that text is spam and it gets blacklisted and they don't ever receive the response. Like sure. I had a dad that I've been texting him. I'm mad at him now and I'm ready to kick his kid out of the school. It's been like, you know, six or eight weeks that I've been begging him to do his renewal and nothing. So I, I talked to him yesterday, the other day, Monday, uh, no Friday. And I said, you know, I've been sending you a lot of text messages. Like Shian, I haven't gotten one text from you. And he pulled his, his text message straight. He goes, look, I haven't gotten a text from you since October. Here they all are, but October it stopped. And somehow he, his phone company blacklisted our texts. So he had to call them and I don't know how he did it. And he had to have it whitelisted, meaning that they no. would allow it to go through. So sometimes we feel like we're communicating, but we're really not. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other thing would be like, if they weren't responding to my text messages, I'd call them. Yeah. So I'm bad at that. I do not like phone calls. See, so you're good there, but I have a virtual assistant that will do that, but I will avoid the phone call at every cost. I don't know why, because I'm good on the phone and I don't mind talking. Maybe that's the problem because now I'm going to talk forever. Um, yeah. So I'll avoid that, that phone call. That to me is almost like hard for me to do. Yeah. And see, I can't stand t the text messaging back and forth. I hate yeah. it. And, and sometimes it's very easy to miscommunicate because yeah. people I, I have somebody. Good. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, I had somebody inquire about the program and I said, yep, would love to chat with you about our, our you know, our program and, and learn about what it is that you're looking for out of a martial arts program for your, your child. Uh, here's a link to my schedule or my scheduler. Please pick a time for us to talk. She did it. I called her at the specific time and uh, I said, hey, thanks for using that link. It's really difficult to play phone tag. And she's no, she goes, I absolutely love this. Thanks. Wow. Because that's what I do. I don't. I don't play, I, I don't play phone tag. Yeah. I will send, I'll send a link and then they hmm. can uh, pick a time. And that, uh, that's my own personal link that I use outside of spark. Right. Um, is Calendly, but inside of spark, I have my program directors do that same thing. We have actual call times that are like Monday, Monday and Wednesday, there's different call times that are right. booked in there. And then mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have different call times. And then Friday nights, I have different call times so that That's somebody awesome. could actually use that link, set up a time. So somebody wants a birthday party, somebody you know has a question, whatever. Right. We say, hey, I'd love to chat with you about that. Here's a link. Let's set up a time to chat. And of course, then we you know create a... Um, if, if they're in some sort of automation that already creates this, we don't. But if they're not, you know, we're going to create a task to follow up right. to see if they actually, you know, uh, found a time. Otherwise, you know, then we are calling them saying, hey, we, we sent you a link. I know you're probably busy. Right. Uh, just wanted to touch base with you. We're going to send you uh, another link. You know, use that link to set up a time. So we're not right. playing phone tag. We respect your time. Yeah. You know, and I find, though, that that type of clear, like you, I have a, a lot of times you'll make, you'll say quotes and I write them down. Right. So I, one of your quotes, I had a, a change. Well, no, clear is kind was a good one. I don't know if this was yours, but it was change your language, change your life. So whoever we have, maybe guests come on and I get a great quote. Another one was small things mean everything. And then another one was failure is a lack of vision. So like all of those things, those quotes are basically what you're doing in communication, right? You're, you're setting up a clear line of communication, make it an easiest for the person so they can communicate with you. And then you get on the phone and you hash it out, whatever it may be, or you answer their questions and, and you are able to uh, really establish that, that relationship. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I don't know if it was a course I did of a book I read, whatever it was, but he was even talking about in emails too, but you, you do the, if then, if yes, then do this, if no, then do this. Like I'll even do right. that in text messages or I'll do that in uh, uh, emails. Right. So, you know, depending on what the question is, I might say, yes, it, you know, can you do blah, 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 blah. And or answer the question and say, you know, if your answer, if yes, then do this. If no, then do this. Yeah. 
you know, that type of thing. Cause I want to solve it all. And if I can all in one text or all in one email to yeah. the best of my ability. Cause I, that's uh, amazing. I, I, well, I have a, I don't know, a fear is not it. I, but I'll just, for lack of a better terminology, I have a, uh, I don't, I don't want, okay. I was gonna say I have a fear of, uh, not following up, but I, I don't want to miss the follow-up. Right. So if I can solve it in, in one fell swoop, just by being as clear as I possibly can. Yeah. Then that's where I'm at. In fact, that, I think what you had said came from a book that you recommended that was at one of my books of the century that was absolutely life-changing was never split the difference with Phil Voss. And it was a book. He, he's a hostage, was a hostage negotiator for the FBI and other police and official, you know, military official businesses. Um, but his book was very good and it was all about, you know, negotiation and the wording you should use and all of that stuff. And, and I think that's where that came from, where he would always get clear answers. So he knew what was his next response rather than assuming what you think they heard and what you think they meant. You, you clar- clarify it by asking them to, to explain it, you know, repeating it back. So what I'm hearing is uh, you said that you really hate our program or whatever it may be. Okay. And then you're able to talk to them about it. Hey, by the way, we have a really, really a great guest on uh, the, he's listening right now. His name is Nathan Ingram. I think we did a podcast with him on here if, and uh, he is the owner of uh, deadly order survival magazine. And so if not, I'm going to ask him to maybe come on this particular podcast and do a podcast with us, but he has the largest, uh, most uh, widely selling magazine in the martial art industry nowadays right? in the last uh 15 or 18 editions have beaten every other magazine ever sold in the history of martial arts. Wow. And uh, yeah, he is a great, great guy. His magazine is purely about martial arts and the benefit of the martial arts, stripping away the politics. He puts people on his cover that would never, never have been on black belt or inside Kung Fu or, you know, magazines like that. It's not about Hollywood and only famous people. It's about, great martial artist. He also has a movie being made about him, which is very, very cool by net. And it's going to be hopefully on either Netflix or Amazon, but they're actually shooting a film on him, which is exciting. And he just had a book come out that was written about him. And uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon right now called the Nathan Ingram story. So he comes on our podcast and he said, great podcast. So that's pretty cool to hear from him and have him as a listener out there and part of it. So I'll ask him if he'll want to come on our podcast. Yeah, that would be very, very neat. Yeah, he's a great guy too, really, and a tough dude. Like he used to fight bare knuckle, full contact fighting during the 70s and 80s and when it was like down and dirty, you know, bare knuckle. You you either, you know, you either fight or you get kick, kick your butt. So cool. We're, we're running close to being out of time. Do you have any like last minute tips for anyone like, like school owners that now is January 22nd? Right at this moment of our podcast, right now we're like three weeks into January already. Before we'll know yeah. it, we'll be talking about what are we doing next year, kind of thing. Well, yeah, I, I, I some people that I've coached before, you know, when we start looking ahead, they like so. I would say, all right, what are you what are you already thinking about doing for March? Right, and they're like March. This is January twenty second. Like I don't even know what I'm doing the rest of this week. Yeah. And I go, okay, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this week is a lost cause. Yeah. And they kind of, you know, like what? Yeah. You're already in it. Together. Yeah. What do you mean a lost cause? I go, if we want to plan March out and you're still trying to plan this week in January and the next half a week in January, you're not going to be able to, you're dual minded. Like you're not right. going to be able to focus on, right. on that. And uh, so I think, that would be one of the tips that I would leave is, you know, if you're not focused, like if you have not already thought about what, like right now you should be thinking about what you're going to be doing in March. Um, You should have had an overview back in, you know, at least this early December, if not in in November on what the first quarter you want the first quarter to look like. Right. Um, But start planning out what you, what you, what would make a successful March Mm -hmm. for you. So internal events, um, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be, uh, 
marketing, just all of those things on, on what that's going to. And then if you start to do that now, that gives you like if you did that this week and then you start putting things in, things in place the following week, you're ahead. Yeah. So yeah. then come February, you can uh, then start looking at April. So if you, yeah. you could work yourself into, you know, every two months uh, start to get drilled down to be more specific. You should have an overview anyways. And like I said, at the beginning of our podcast, our business is cyclical. Yeah, it is. It is a easy business in the fact that it's quite predictable on what should be happening every single quarter. Um, right. because really not a lot changes, uh, with that. So, you know, back to school is a certain time. Christmas is a certain time. New Year's is a certain time. Summer is a certain, like it, those are all cyclical. And and then if you're able to go, okay, I do this every year. Now, maybe you want to jazz it up and do something different or you want to do it bigger or whatever, but it's still cyclical. So yeah. does that make sense? Like it, well, it's totally no, does. there's no magic to this. It's just getting down and doing the work, but pre-planning. Yeah. You know what though? Like every time I hear you're right though. Cause it's not magic. It's not nothing, you know, no crazy new idea, but it's the, I, the, what makes it magic is actually getting it done. Cause people feel frozen in indecision. They don't know how to, like I, if I were to make a suggestion on everything that you just said, I showed you guys this little pullout calendar, this day, you know, a year at a glance, go through it and, and get, and you know, write in the things that you want to do, like what month you want to do the next parents night out or a seminar or, an, you know, a tournament or whatever, and start planning it so that you have some vision of what the future is going to be. And you could start the marketing process six, eight, 10 weeks in advance so that you're ahead of the game. And don't be afraid to write things down because you are not sure if you're going to do it. You could always just white it out and, and move it. Or if it's not, doesn't fit into that particular month that you thought you were going to do it in, move it to the next month. Um, but it's about, you know, Sensei Paul or Cervesi, uh, Cervesi uh, is a, a good friend of mine and he owns a, a bunch of schools in Boston and he runs a huge tournament. He wrote consistency and discipline. Those, those are the key elements. And that's the truth. I mean, from him, we should have him on as a guest as well. And and if you're still listening, uh, Sensei, maybe we could talk about getting you on our podcast and uh, I'll inbox you. But anyway, long story short, he's right. Consistency and discipline is is the absolute mother of all skills, right? Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say now that we're talking about it, and I learned this from you, is after the event. I was just uh, thinking this just now. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I learned it from you having an event journal. Um, and writing down what was successful, uh, what worked, what didn't work, what you'd like to change for next time. Um, I know, you know, when I I had started one in writing, and then I then I switched it to digital, and mm -hmm. and uh, so we we keep it in a digital format. Right, <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. The 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 fact of the matter is is that you did the work to do the event. Yeah, and then you you write a. Uh, you know, you write a summary of uh, why it went well, why it didn't go good, what you'd like to do better. What, and you, you are the yeah. expert at this. What else besides that? Well, well, first of all, if anyone wants the event journal, it's it's a basic idea, but it's an amazing idea. And and I developed it because I started forget, like I'd repeat the event the very next year. And then I, in my head, when I did the event prior, I go, I should have did this better. I should have did that better. Maybe done this, maybe done that. And I, and then the next year comes around, I, I did it again and repeated the same mistakes. And I go, oh, I remember I was supposed to do that. Right. So I said, I got to write this event journal. So my team, we would do an event, whether it be a parent's night out. And um, we would get together as a team and then we'd fill this journal out, how much we charge, you know, um, what, what tools do we use to market? Was it what flyer we used? We'd attach it to the event journal and, you know, how much, how much, um, how many people came and what our profit was and, you know, what did we include? And then how did we, this is important, how did we spin it? to the future and maybe take pictures and put it into the local papers and get press on it. Um, you know, how did we take some of their testimonials and put it on the flyer for next year? So then, and then we put it in a book. So, and then we had it written as, you know, April, this is an April event. So next year, when I was looking for what events to do, I had all my April events over the last five years in the book and I could pull it out and I had a complete diagram of, uh, of what to do. Because I always was saying, I forgot, I forgot, 
I, right. I, I should have. I, I can't believe I didn't, you know, because <laughs> because of our memory. We have so much going on in our brains with all the stuff we do to run schools and businesses in our private lives. So, how, of course, we're going to forget. So I would make this booklet. I had this really nice booklet of all the events spelled out. Yep. So yeah. Sensei uh, Paul Servizzi uh, said uh, he'd like to be on the podcast. So I'm going to inbox him and maybe get him on for next week. Yep. Set it up, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I've got to, I got to get going. I got a yeah. program in half an hour that I got to go be at. But awesome. uh, All right, Dwayne. We'll, uh, awesome. we'll catch up next week, man. Yeah, we'll see you next Monday. We're going to be on Monday again next week. Yes, sir. All right. All right, sir. See you soon. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add Health Coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy-to-implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership. Hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.